I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. Welcome to No Clip Pocket. We do what Nintendo don't. And today... Today, we're going to be talking about Night Trap, which was a game that was originally released on the Sega CD back in 1992, developed by Digital Pictures. So, Night Trap is... Ooh, bud. Is Night Trap a game? <laughs> you Sorry. hit your teeth it was with the glass. Fun. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I just gotcha. All right, what genre of game would you put Night Trap into? Uh, it's definitely. I don't think it fits into any pre-existing genres, but especially not ninety-two. Right, it's definitely like going for a cinematic thing, a storytelling thing, and a little bit of a horror thing. Right, even though it's campy, but uh, it's. I, I guess the closest thing I could compare it to is like a, an old PC game, like a point and click kind of a thing. I can kind of see that, but it's like it's a, not that. I do. I motion that we change the genre of Five Nights at Freddy's to a night trap alike. Night trap like a, tra- a trap light. There you go, trap light. Yeah, we did it. We've done it. Congratulations, <laughs> us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. In Night Trap, uh, you play as a control operative of SCAT, <laughs> the special control attack team, uh, which is horrible, but uh, here we are. <laughs> and uh, you operate cameras and trigger traps in order to capture, with all due respect to the, the text, a bunch of limping morons wearing pantyhose over their heads. Mm-hmm. And that is b- the whole game. Yep. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, such an obvious joke. I know. Uh, no, having played it... Okay, so I pl- we just played this. Right. Moments uh, ago. Yeah, mere minutes ago we finished... Well, we, we finished watching Night Trap the movie a few, <laughs> a few minutes ago. But I have to say that given all of the ridiculousness present in this game, I still am legitimately kind of impressed at what they were able to do. Like, I don't know if it's just a, it's a, it was 1992 thing, and that is influencing how impressed I am with it. But the fact that they managed to take this, like, filmed thing and turn it into, like, a playable game is kind of astonishing. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's definitely unique for its time, for sure, and impressive, I think. Like, no one, at least to my knowledge, did had done anything like this Yeah, like, beforehand. FMV was a thing, but FMV with this level of interaction really wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's usually done the other way around, where you have like a game that you put FMV into, right. and this is a bunch of video clips that they put a game on top of. Mm-hmm. And like the game that does exist, simplistic as it is, interacts with the video in a way that like I'm surprised works as well as it does, I guess. Yeah, and we brought up Five Nights at Freddy's, and it that's the closest thing I could think of in modern years, or anything since, really, 
that compares to it because your character sits in front of or well it's first person you don't really have a character yeah but uh you sit at a monitor and you watch all these like was it like six or eight different screens i want to say eight it's eight screens i think and you watch for intruders to come into this house and then you can trigger traps to trap them mm-hmm. it's the basic setup and it um it threads a story beats in there like on certain screens pe- like the people living in the house and the people who are over at the house will be in the rooms and things will be going on but you only catch like snippets of it because you're on the lookout for all the in the ogs, the ogs, the as they are called, yes, uh, are breaking into the house. <laughs> breaking in is a bit of a <laughs> just an coming into the house, <laughs> walking into <laughs> open doors and windows. The ones who get up on the roof are like way overachieving because right. all the doors are unlocked. You could easily <laughs> just stroll right in. <laughs> no, you know what. I didn't even, like, this didn't even occur to me until just a few seconds ago, but, like, this gives me, the vibe that this game gives me is, like, one of those rides at an amusement park that have, like, a filmed premise for them to exist. Mm -hmm. Because, like, they always address the camera like they're talking to you. Right. And it's, it's very odd in that way. Yeah, no, I can see that. It's definitely... Even though it's supposed to be, like, a game and somewhat immersive, like, you know, uh, it has that quality to it where you can tell it's, like, a production. Yeah. So, yeah, the game that we're talking about, uh, technically speaking, is the 25th anniversary uh, re-release of the game, where they kind of reworked the menus and stuff and made it look a little bit cleaner than the original Sega CD version, but notably they upscaled, like, the video clips and shit. And uh, it, even given all of that, you still get the, like, clear, cheap production that you know that the game is. Because mm-hmm. it was a game and it wasn't given the production value of, of, like, an actual released film at the time. Right. I think they were really smart about it, though. Uh, like, the most notable thing is the quality of the acting isn't very good at all. <laughs> but, like, they were smart and they just have the one house in the eight rooms it's like they don't have too many locations and they don't have too many characters. Like they kept their uh, scope, I think, at just the right size to be able to like make something that I mean, like still like holds up. Like it still, you know, wasn't too over ambitious or like it doesn't feel like cheap and weird in a way a lot of FMV does when you watch it now right yeah it has like a there's like an earnestness to it i guess because they Mm -hmm. understood the low budget obviously going for the vampire home invasion plot line like they knew what they were working with from the start and i don't think anybody like we watched the the documentary that comes with the i put air quotes around that for everybody listening uh that comes with the the 25th anniversary version of the game which we play on the Nintendo Switch, no clip pocket. Jinko uh, <laughs> jeans. Jinko jeans. Um, and, like, it doesn't seem as though the people who created the game had loftier ambitions than are on display. Uh, but the FMV is kind of where the game, that's its stumbling block, is integrating this in a way that makes it, like, a, a game game. Uh 
And I'd say they did like a decent job of overcoming the 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 inherent flaw of attempting to watch a movie and have interaction at the same time. But it does make it so that watching the actors is rarely the correct thing to do mm-hmm. uh, when you're actively playing. Yeah, that's my big like kind of takeaway from this is I like the premise on paper actually a lot. But it's the execution that they didn't get quite right mm-hmm. because it's it's just not balanced well, I don't think. It's really because they clearly, I think, want you to pay attention to the story that's going on with all the characters. But people are like intruding so frequently that you only catch things at like seconds at a time as you flip through all of the monitors. Right. And I, I think the intention is in order to provide like some level of like replayability to the game there's a uh, you they want you to just watch for things and just learn what's important and then jump between things where it's necessary that's why the game has the like color code change Mm -hmm. where they dub over it with different colors so it is random as to which one they're going to choose but Also, because of the color change thing, it makes it, like... Like, you have to go through this game, like, a million times before you get to a point where you could reasonably expect to beat it. Yeah, it it seems like one of the big things, like, central things they wanted to to implement was a certain amount of uh, trial and error to Mm -hmm. get through it, which I think time has told was a bad decision. (laughs) Because... We played it, the beginning bit of it, like, eight times. I was going to say, I think between the two of us, it was about, we've played it about eight times. Yeah, and did not catch the security code uh, color change any of the times. Like, we had to look it up, like, what time they give it so that we could get it. We caught the tail end of it once. Yeah. And that was it, but I didn't, we missed the color part. Like, Yeah, it definitely feels like a product of a different era in that way where you would get this as like a kid and just play it over and over anyway. Like it it feels like that design choice was made with that in mind that people didn't buy many games. Yeah. Get it as a kid that this game's too violent and sexual for a kid to play it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there was a, this game was almost central to a, uh, like a, a video game obscenity controversy in the mid nineties, uh, and w- like watching this game now, I mean, obviously, like watching most things twenty to thirty years after they came out, you're gonna notice that maybe our the times have changed. There's certain elements like where things seem worse now than they did before, but for the most part, the majority of things that people consider to be above and beyond what is acceptable content tends to not come off as harshly. But, like, even things that were, like, several years prior to this, like, like uh, Friday the 13th, like, had actual nudity in it, and this mm-hmm. does not. Yeah, it feels that aspect of it that, like, there's, what, like, eight or nine, like, teenage girls all, like in bikini well it's it's six yeah like six girls all in like 
like half bikini, half clothed kind of thing going on, where like they just came back from like a boat trip or something, right? And um, and that that kind of feels like horror movie parody, like where see the the I agree with you entirely, except I don't think it was parody. I think at at worst it's homage. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, we were still well into the slasher era, and you can see it in the tropes in this game, right? And I think, and you bring up, like, what did you say, Friday the 13th? Yeah. yeah. Which had actual nudity in it. But, like, that's the thing is that that was a rated R film. True. And this was a video game which that, didn't have ratings that did not have a rating system and that kids could have easily picked up and played. And while I don't think there's anything in here that, like, would be inappropriate for a kid to witness, like, I can kind of get it a little bit. Like, there are a bunch of, like sexy teenage girls running around like with no shirts on right but you know nothing like but i don't think anyone would be put off it, like sexy teenage girls sure mm-hmm. i don't think <laughs> a weird thing to be dismissive of uh, the, <laughs> uh but i don't think anyone would be put off by the level of violence in this game oh either. no not not even a little bit yeah because at, at worst they like the the stocking-headed buffoons mm-hmm. will occasionally grab someone by the neck with, like, a gopher. Like, one of those, like, uh, squeezy like grip a things. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, blood will go through a little tube. Right. Uh, yeah, but no, that's about as bad as it gets. No, it, it honestly, it feels like they went above and beyond in that aspect to where the augers almost feel like they could be, like, cartoon show villains. Like, <laughs> the Ninja Turtles could fight the augers. Yeah, they're like the foot soldiers, you're like the uh, the plaque from those uh, old oh, PSAs. Those old, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very comical, and you said they earlier they all limp around. It, like, it's all very video game enemy like you know yeah it's like real people attempting to emulate a video game character walk cycle Mm -hmm. which is either like they limp or they like crouch and move at kind of hopper yeah (laughs) what a what a strange world night trap created for Mm -hmm. us so uh as a as like what is essentially like a film first game second, uh, the the plot when laid bare like if you just watch the the plot straight through as we just did, I don't I kind of recommend it. I don't recommend I recommend if, it with you if you have friends around. Yeah, like if you've played the game and you want to like see everything in it, yes, absolutely watch it. Yeah. If you've never played the game and have no interest in it, definitely do not watch it. <laughs> I, don't know, I think there could be like a there's like a you could get a party together to watch Night Trap as if it was a movie. Yeah, I I feel like it's not quite silly enough or bad enough to mm-hmm. be funny to watch in a bad movie kind of way. High praise. Yeah, without without the context of the game, it's just kind of like what's this cheap like '90s like campy thing that yeah. i'm watching oh no the door <laughs> trap i mean there's a couple moments like yeah. that but overall you'd be i think just kind of bored yeah so the plot is the aforementioned scat team is being dispatched to this house because kids have gone missing and you go in 
or you don't go in. You sit in a room, uh, in the control room. You've like hacked in, and uh, you're just trying to protect these kids by triggering traps. But the family that lives in the house is a family of vampires, mm-hmm. and it took us an embarrassingly long well, time. I don't know if it's an embarrassingly <laughs> long time. This is actually one thing I like that they at least tried to do, is that because you're jumping around so much and catching snippets of uh, dialogue, you kind of like might just by chance stumble onto that fact like way early because like it does come up in in dialogue if you're watching the right scenes but the odds that are going to happen are like pretty low like i like that they give you the chance to like accidentally stumble upon that like conspiracy um but yeah but like i said i don't think it's an embarrassing thing that it took us that long because i don't think you're intended to pick it up this is true. Early, or you know, until like later in the game when it's explicitly stated. The part of the, the part of me that is embarrassed by it is the part of me that realizes that like after watching the whole plot, it's very clearly established early on mm-hmm. that they're vampires. But you wouldn't, like you said, you wouldn't know unless you were just watching the cinematic and not trying to catch the Uggs, right? Which is the explicit stated goal of the game, and by extension, the Scat Team, right? So. Yeah, I agree that we can be forgiven. However, we missed that, and yet we did catch that musical number like 30 times. Mm-hmm. Just be like going through. Well, it goes on for like two minutes. <laughs> You'd think we would just stop checking the living room. But you never know. Yeah. In retrospect, probably the highest, like, pr- like as far as production quality goes, we've talked on other games about them being, like, a time capsule to the time that they're from. Mm-hmm. This game is likely about as as much of one as you're going to get because of just how, like, that 80s to 90s transition mm-hmm. it feels. But one of the tropes of that era that they mimic is that they've written a song, like, a, a synth-poppy song about the game, but then is it's put in-universe, like, they're actually singing it, and it's uh, great. Like, yeah. it's really great. I kind of like that as well. And it might just be, like, a nostalgia throwback kind of thing. <laughs> right. But, like, yeah, it it's not so specifically about the game that it feels like it couldn't just be a pop song that exists in-universe. Right. And in that way, I think it works real well. Yeah. And even the, like... Oh, God. The fact this came out in 92 almost blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Because the... <laughs> The fact that, like, you have this scene where there it's this outrageous fucking scene where this girl's, like, playing air guitar with a tennis racket and everybody's Classic. sitting and, like, clapping along and listening to her sing the song or lip sync the song <laughs> with the radio where there's a vampire girl in the room and she's just, like, acting like she understands what fun is mm-hmm. and all that shit is going on. Feels like a Tim and Eric parody of a 90s thing, but it's just, like so specifically in the era that it just did it unironically and it works like it's so perfect mm-hmm. i don't i don't even it understand. definitely feels like a sitcom like a full house kind of thing mm-hmm. oh speaking of the music mm-hmm. uh <laughs> it's great it's all it, this is another it's really bad and therefore is good because of it the like 
particularly the guitar stings that happen whenever the augs come in. Mm-hmm. So between, like, trappings, there's it just displays a static image of the room with no sound. It's got, like, ambient nighttime sounds. And then it'll, like, abruptly shift to a scene where an og is sneaking in, and then you just hear this... <laughs> and you end up hearing that, like, I don't know, the time, the most recent time that we've actually got through it and got to the, what is essentially the bad ending, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we ended up with, like, 90 captured Ogs. So we heard that sting, like, approximately at least, like, 45 times. Right. And over a 25-minute period. Yeah, and it part of that is the editing, mm-hmm. where it, like... This, if you switch to a monitor like right as it's doing a transition, it's like real choppy <laughs> and like awkward. That won't happen too often, yeah. But like it'll be like the still image, and then clearly the video splices in, and then the music starts. So it feels really awkward in that way, like these like really harsh edits, yeah. Like it splices, yeah, which is makes it together. funny, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Uh, there's also the, like, vampire theme that starts with this dramatic, like, roll across the rack toms onto, into another, like, kind of guitar-centric number. But oh, Are you talking about the, the full the, house? Yeah. <laughs> See, for a while, I thought they were, like, trying to give the Yellow Sweater Kid, like, a theme song, <laughs> because it felt like it played every time he had lines. Yeah. <laughs> But it does play for a couple other characters, so I guess it is the vampire theme. Yeah, like it's the family theme. Or yeah, whatever. but because it's that same, it has that dramatic role, like that fill at the beginning. Every time that it plays, <laughs> it gets like it makes every scene with them seem like it should be like an incredibly dramatic scene, and just sometimes they're just talking about shit. Uh, it feels like such like an intro to a song, you know, like. We named a couple while we were playing it that it reminded us of. Yeah. And but like it, it almost makes it feel like it's a musical. Like they're gonna like it's gonna be like the character walks in and it's like shoo doo 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 and then like they're gonna start singing. Almost. Or like it feels like it's going to like like she said, like something really dramatic's gonna happen or something. But it's just like they just go into regular dialogue. They're like, Oh, we're gonna go check on the Oggs now. It's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's another one of those uh, elements that doesn't quite land, but is really funny because of it. Yeah, no, it killed me the one time that like it was to- it was like mixed down so that it was quiet in the when when it happened because like there was already something else going on, and then yellow sweater guy comes out from the bookcase and it's just like. <laughs> Let the drums whisper in your ear. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I actually enjoyed this, though, but not like... The gameplay is not real fun. Right, yeah. I I also enjoyed it as, like, a multimedia experience that it was for us. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it got ported to Switch is just kind of amusing on its own. Yeah. Especially, shout out to, like, the documentary 
where they're in court and someone says this game would never appear on a nintendo system yeah it's like i forget who it is it's somebody like at nintendo of america was yeah giving a testimony and lo and behold 25 years later here, here, pick it up on around. nintendo switch um I didn't mention that, by the way. This game, the 25th anniversary got released on pretty much all the major consoles, which is the wackiest fucking thing in the world that you can now just be like, on a whim, play Night Trap. Mm-hmm. But yeah, here we are. I felt like I had somewhere something else I was going to say, too. Uh, you enjoyed it as a multimedia experience. Oh, yeah, but, okay. So I did enjoy it as the multimedia experience it was for us, but... um. I do agree, like, the gameplay feels like it needs ironed out, like, you know, um, it's, like I said, it's too, the balancing isn't quite there, there's too, like, the AUG invasions are too frequent for you to really pay attention to the the, the story clips at all, like, we watched all the clips edited together as Night Trap the movie, um, and there were parts that we didn't see any of. Like, there's a part where um, the the black officer shows up uh, as, like, to check in on the house. Like, he goes in in disguise. <laughs> it's like a... Is his accent... It, it sounded like it was supposed to be Jamaican. It also kind of like it was supposed to be an Indian accent. <laughs> like, it was very bad. Uh, but he goes in, and he's, like, asking about, like, his boat, if they'd seen his boat and whatever. And it's like, we com- we didn't see any of that. No. And we played it, like, m- most of it through, like, eight times. Yeah. And like, there were a couple other scenes like that that we just didn't see any of. Oh, yeah, like, we're fucking crazy Eddie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, weird, weird Eddie. Eddie. Who is the best character? 100%. Uh, the, when, <laughs> early in the story when all the girls come home for their boating trip or whatever, um, they're all, you know, like, going into the house. And <laughs> Crazy Eddie, who is, I guess, just weird, all... Weird Eddie. Weird Eddie. No, I, Sorry. I made the mistake. Sorry. It's my bad. Weird Eddie just shows up. I guess he's, like, a local resident or whatever. <laughs> just the local resident. Yeah, he just, like, shows up. And someone's like, who's that? And they're like, oh, it's just Weird Eddie. <laughs> Uh, he'll just, like, kind of squat there in the bushes for a while, but he'll go away. Yeah. And which he does. Like, not even... <laughs> the game tries to play him off as sympathetic. Or rather, not the game. The game doesn't try to do fucking anything with the characters. But <laughs> Night Trap of the movie tries to play off uh, Eddie as a sympathetic character, but... Like he's been spying on the Oggs or whatever. Right, but he does just, like, literally go and sit in the bushes... <laughs> Like a weirdo. Like he's just a crazy person, actually. He's an og peeper. And he, well, and not like that, but he acknowledges the ca- the player character. Yeah. Like, because you, you launch one <laughs> oh, off the yeah. roof. This is the best clip in the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you launch one of the ogs off the roof with what is the best, like, og trap in the game, because you're literally just catapulting somebody off <laughs> yeah, the roof. Yeah, that of trap is just that you murder that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, trapped him, uh, which I guess is the same connotation as like a mouse trap, right? But uh, after you murder this guy, <laughs> uh, Weird Eddie like looks up at the camera and just like throws a thumbs up. Yep, like an open mouth smile, thumbs up, <laughs> and it's like the August launched off the roof and lands like right next to him, mm-hmm. and so he just gives a thumbs up to the camera and then runs away. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like, does that does Eddie know about like what? Eddie is the wild card. So well, it, maybe they're going for like a Ratman thing from Portal, where like he mm-hmm. knows where all the cameras and traps are because he's been like sneaking spy- around. Yeah, he's been spying on shit. I could potentially, see, and he like knows what the Ogs are. Is I he, guess like an, an electrical engineer. Yes, yeah, he knows the family's vampires. Mm-hmm. Which is like he doesn't do anything about that until now. No, maybe he likes their blood wine. It, might, it could be, or the blood popsicles. Right, uh, blood pops. Blood pops. Mm. <laughs> blood pops. Mm. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I love the scene where the blood pops actually come up. Also, this is basically a movie review at this point. Yeah, well, at first, like, the first scene where they're in the kitchen, they open the refrigerator, and one of them's like, oh, like, what are these popsicles? Like, they try to do, like, a setup and payoff thing with it, yeah. even though it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's successful as a setup and payoff. I guess. Technically. And then the dad says... That they're like cherry, whatever popsicles, mm-hmm. and like the homemade. whole time, yeah, homemade popsicles. And uh, he's been drinking this glass of wine, which we noticed when we actually sat down to watch Night Trap the movie that it was like weirdly red and like, oh, that's just blood in the right. glass or a daiquiri. We're it's undecided. it's supposed to be like <laughs> at the time I was like, hmm, definitely it was just blood. Yeah, drink a glass of blood. Um, so they are seeding the stuff as it goes on, but there's just not a lot of development, so it feels a little weird. Yeah. When they do do the payoff, just so that we don't leave you guys hanging, uh, uh, for the the cherry, the homemade cherry popsicles, the girl who eats the popsicle takes, like, the world's hugest bite yeah, out of it. and it's like, they said it was homemade, and it's so, it's like they put it all in, like, a plastic bag, like mm-hmm. the whatever mix and have frozen it in, like, a big, like, square... Yeah, just, like, a block. Block, yeah. yeah. And so she just picks it up and takes a huge bite out of it. Like, the kind that would hurt your teeth. Because mm-hmm, of how cold it yeah. is. Yeah. But then she's just like, oh, that tastes like blood. <laughs> and then immediately, one second later, they open the closet thing and see the dead guy hanging up with, like, a tube coming out of his neck. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, uh-oh, I guess that when they said vampires four previous times, they weren't making it up. <laughs> and then they mean, run out. Yeah. Classic uh, horror movie people, all things considered. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really have that much more. <laughs> no, not too much. Just a couple, uh, uh, well, at least one other thing I wanted to touch on. So it's the family, the vampire family. It's the mom and the dad, the sister and brother, and then there's the other guy with the dark hair that she claims is their friend. Right. Is he also a vampire? I believe so, Because yeah. they never, I don't feel like they ever... Is he, hold on. Oh, wait, no. He, he grabs... Tall, like nine foot tall blonde woman, <laughs> okay, yeah, and like bites her neck and drags her into the bookshelf. Yeah. So he is also a vampire. Which of the two dudes is it? Sweater guy, or dark hair guy, just like strolls into a room at one point, throws up a peace sign, and just shoots a lightning oh, bolt. That sweater guy. That sweater guy. I also want to just mention that one of the guys is like he's blonde, mm-hmm. and he's wearing a sweater that is like. <laughs> literally 
two times too big for him. It's huge and just draping off of him in true 90s fashion. Yeah, it is. And he, like, has the sleeves pushed up, too. Yeah. So he has, like, these huge baggy sleeves. It looks like if Velma from Scooby-Doo... Oh, yeah, she does have those huge sleeves. Yeah, but she was, like, eight feet tall and then loaned her sweater to this kid who's, like, (laughs) 5'9". And he's also got, like, the white pants on, too. Like, it's... It's weird. And he always wears sunglasses. Yes. It's to hide time. his green eyes. That nobody else has the, to wear. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he can't get his eye-changing ability under control. Yeah, he's like Cyclops from mm. the X-Men. Yeah. Well, uh... <laughs> do we have final thoughts? Sure. I'll go. <laughs> um, as I said earlier, I, I did enjoy the experience of, like watching the documentary, playing the game, and then watching the the compiled video clips. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the actual game itself is a bit too unbalanced and, like, requires too much trial and error to get through it. Like, I like without trying not to exaggerate anyway, I bet you'd have to play this through at least 50 times to be able to beat it. Right. Uh, just to catch everything. So, I think it's successful in some ways and needed more refinement in others. But, like, it's something I'm surprised didn't inspire more, like, imitators. And, like like I said, Five Nights at Freddy's is the only thing I can think of, and that's become wildly popular. True. Which Nitro I've really never got. All of its sort of notoriety came from the controversy around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite being such, like, a unique thing when it came out. Right, and I, I think there's, like, a working formula in there somewhere. For sure. If they gave it more breathing room, I think if it, it would require a lot of effort, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. This is where, if you're done, I'll segue into my Yeah, 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 that was, was, that was all I had. Was, uh, it felt, it felt right, but I wanted to make sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, yeah, just to pick up from where you uh, were on that, it's sort of like the there's a potential here that would require a lot of effort to do, but I think we're like very capable of it now, as opposed to in the '90s when we were we were night trap capable. Right now we're we're further along than that, and like with the appropriate amount of like different possibilities for each outcome, like whether you trap or don't trap things, and I'm just going to keep using trap as the verb, even though I assume that whatever this hypothetical game is would not just be Night Trap 2. Like, you could tell a pretty compelling story that you would actually be able to watch and play without, like, the incredible precision required not to fuck up in Night Trap, and also that delivers sort of a more open branching narrative that can even just like come back to whatever ending as it is i think people nowadays are just let have less patience to play something over and over again to memorize it and that's, mm-hmm. that's really nitro's biggest downfall which is unbelievable to say yeah like i feel like i would have loved this game at like uh, at least partially ironic but mostly genuine uh love for this game if it was 
a little easier, a little more forgiving, something mm-hmm. that you could actually play through. Yeah, and I can imagine like having this game to play at the time, it probably would have seemed like a really cool novel thing to have. Yeah, I mean, it's even cool and novel now. Yeah, it's just yeah. like you, it's not the same mm-hmm. like, affection you'd have for it. Right. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket today. What are we talking about next time? Well, all right, so next time. I got this package in the mail uh, the other day, and it has this game in it. Oh, well, where's it from? That's weird. It doesn't have a... There's, there's no return address on it. Uh, whatever. Uh, but it, it, it's a game. It just was like a loose cartridge. Uh, it's an old Game Boy cartridge, and it says, it says Pokemon Black, which, like, obviously... That's a DS game, so I don't know what the fuck this is, but I figured, you know, somebody sent it in. I feel like we haven't done enough, like, fan request stuff. So I'm assuming that they sent it to us because they wanted us to play it. So let's just say next week, No Clip Pocket, let's talk about Pokemon Black. That sounds good. All right, cool. Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find uh, you know an email address if you want to talk to us. Uh, all of our old episodes are there. Our YouTube videos. Uh, we've got all of we have. I put in a cool playlist that has just like the most recent episode on the main page, and then you can just basically scroll through all the old ones if that's you know your jam. Otherwise, everything is on iTunes, on Google Play. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NoClipPodcast. Uh, thanks to Janelle for taking over that responsibility from our unsocial, un, <laughs> non-anti-social asses. I don't know. Uh, you got like a subscribe button joke you want to get to? <laughs> I actually, I hadn't been thinking about it. I've dropped the ball here. That's fair. Uh, I mean, I'm good with it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, until that time... Uh, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on non on is uh, no, it's on non clip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on no clip pod, podcast. God damn it! <laughs> no clip pop, non clip podcast. Stance is your kid. Stance is your kid. Good. Good. Man, they put a lot of alcohol in these. <laughs> <laughs>